We're doing another prospect profile today on Lockdown Blue Jackets as we go from the University of Michigan commit Rutger McGrathy all the way to Russia to talk about Danila Yurov with Tony Ferrari. That's coming today on Lockdown Blue Jackets. Lockdown Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, your part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you uh, yet another prospect profile for the upcoming draft. Another player that could potentially be wearing a Blue Jackets sweater this next season. And uh, today, we're talking about Daniel Yurov with Tony Ferrari, who, like I mentioned yesterday, is super smart and knows all of the things about all of the prospects. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and uh, also over on YouTube. So uh, if you would like to hit subscribe over there, I would appreciate it. And uh, I'll just get right into my conversation with Tony. So let's uh, let's talk about Europe. What can what can we expect from a guy like Europe? I think Daniel Yurov is a guy that has a lot of really good tricks and doesn't really have a major flaw. He doesn't really have uh, a thing where you're like, this is a guy that I, I, I need him to improve this, this, and this to get to his potential. But at the same time, I don't know if he has that standout trait that makes me go, oh, this kid's going to be special in this area of the game. I think he does a lot of things well. I think this year he was kind of hindered a little bit because he got a lot of KHL games, but he was playing under four minutes in a lot of those games. So he didn't really get a lot of KHL games at the same time in the junior in juniors and in, in the MHL. He actually absolutely tore it up. He had 36 points in I think 20, 24 games or something like that. So this is a guy that has proven the ability to score at the junior level. He had a great U 18s last year. He's a guy that I think anytime he gets on the international stage, he impresses. He wasn't able to do a whole lot at the KHL level. Again, playing three minutes a night, two minutes a night. There was a game that I watched him play one shift and it's like, all right, that was a waste of 35 seconds of my life, I guess, because like you can't expect a guy to do anything with that. So this is a guy that has a lot of really good traits. What is he going to be, though? I think that's the biggest question, because we didn't really get to see that in the in the mass in the, in the amount of KHL games he got this year. And at the junior level, to be honest, he was just outmatching guys in, in a lot of aspects. So what is he going to be? I think probably a second line guy, a guy that can contribute in a lot of ways. But I also think this is a guy that could play lower in the lineup if you needed him to. He did, like I said, he does a lot of things well. So I think he's a really interesting prospect that, like you said, I could see him going five. I could see him going 27. So it's another one of those guys that are in that mushy, I'd love to say middle, but mushy first and second round kind of thing. It's yeah. It's again looking at kind of the the draft rankings on elite prospects. McKean Taki has him going fifth, and then elite prospects has him going twenty third. Oh, and smart scouting has him going twenty fourth. It's it's just I think it's just a weird, just a weird draft. And again, I don't know if this is a a thing that I is more notable to me because this is the first time I'm really paying a ton of attention to the draft or not. But it is uh, it is extremely uh, extremely weird. So um. You talked a little bit about how, you know, he doesn't really have any major flaws in his game. Then, you know, is he is he a guy that you think could fit in on the Blue Jackets? Is he someone that, you know, this system that Brad Larson is developing, is that 
I would think a system that he can play in. Do you think? Yeah, I do. I think the Blue Jackets have kind of had a lot of these players over the years. I think Boone Jenner is a guy that comes to mind. Uh, Nick Foligno is a guy that comes to mind. And those guys that they'll go out there and whatever you need them to do, they're going to be a good soldier. They're going to go out there and do it. They're going to play in the offensive zone if they need to. They're going to play in the defensive zone if they need to. If you need a key face off at the end of the game, he can kind of do that. I think he ends up as a winger at the next level. But there's a lot of things that this guy can do. And he, he's shown the ability to kind of adapt to the game physically against men in, in the like I said, limited time he's been there, but he doesn't get pushed around. He's not a guy that has gone up to the men's level that you look at and you're like, oh, like this is an undersized 18-year-old. This is a kid that's playing against men. No, this is a man that's playing against men. Like he shows the ability to do it. So I think he's a guy that could fit in that second, third line, play a lot of roles for the Blue Jackets, play on both special teams, even if you asked him to. And at the end of the day, like he's shown the ability, I think at last year's Solenka Gretzky, to play with a guy like Ivan Moroshnichenko, who was a little bit underwhelming overall as a player, but he got him a ton of points because he was able to kind of set him up in the good spots. So I think this is a guy that he does so many things well. He can adapt. He can kind of play any role in a line. And that versatility is extremely valuable. I think you look up and down the league and every team that seems to win a cup or goes deep in the playoffs has a guy that you're like, oh, yeah, he's a third liner, but he's playing on their first liner. He's playing on their second line. He's contributing. He's, it doesn't look out of place on those lines either. And then when he does have to go back down to the third line, he's playing that good, grinded-out third-line game. So I think this is a guy that could fit on just about any team in any system, but I think he f- screams Blue Jackets in a lot of ways. Yeah, the Blue Jackets do kind of have a, a player archetype, I think, that a lot of people kind of talk smack about, but it's not entirely undeserved. Um, no. My favorite, my favorite Boone Jenner fact. I may have told you this before. I tell every time Boone Jenner comes up in conversation, I'm like, I have to tell you this fact. Um, it was either last season or the season before one of the one of Tortorella's last seasons with the Blue Jackets. Boone Jenner played every single position on every line. Like, <laughs> what a guy! And that's just it. That's the kind of versatility I'm talking about, though. I think like Danilo Yurov could be that kind of guy. Like I could see him playing on the fourth line for a few shifts and then being on the first line two games later. And like, you're just like, yeah, he's doing it. Like that's not out of the ordinary. That's just what he does. And he's a guy that can do that. And I think he does a really good job forechecking. He does a, he has a really good shot. Um, and there's a lot of, lots of like about this kid, I think. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't watched a ton of, like I haven't seen him play a lot because it's basically impossible to watch the KHL over yeah. here unless you pay for like KHL streaming, uh, which I already pay for so many streaming services, I cannot play for another yeah. one. But um, every time, you know, every time he comes up, he is like you said, like you kind of said at the the top of the episode, he doesn't really have a downside in terms of in terms of play. Like you never hear, oh, he needs to like this is bad, that's bad, and I think maybe he doesn't have as high of a ceiling as some other players, but. Yep. It kind of comes back to what we talked a little bit about um, in the McGrossi profile of, you know, would you rather have a sure thing or do you want to go high risk, high reward? And I feel like Europe kind of falls into that second yeah. sure thing of maybe not as high of a ceiling as some other players, but you know what you're going to get with a guy like Europe. Yeah. And I think with the Blue Jackets position in the draft this year at six and 12, you look at them and you go, you know what, if, if they want to go crazy, go Brad Lambert with the number six pick. And then go Yurov with the number 12, or go Savoy with the number six and go Yurov with, or someone like Magorodia with the number 12. And get a guy that you're like, we're just swinging here. We're going for the fences. Like, if he turns out, he's going to be the best player in this draft or the second best player in this draft. And then go with a guy where you're like, we also would like to get a player out of this draft for sure because we have two first round picks. So I think anytime a team has two first round picks, especially as high as the Blue Jackets do, 
you you swing with one and you go a little safer with the other one. But with a guy like Yurov, a guy like McGrory, it's still a bit of a swing because those guys still have the upside where they could play in the, in the top six and not look out of place by any means. Coming up in a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Tony about Yurov. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.net because it is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, fighting from MMA, UFC, all the way to boxing. And I bet there's even some weird sports that you don't know exist that you could bet on at Bet Online, like, uh, I don't know, um, watching rabbits play soccer. I don't know, I panicked and couldn't think of a, an obscure sport. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Yeah, the Blue Jackets are kind of in a, a really unique position because this will be their third and fourth top 12 picks in the last two years you know obviously they picked fifth and 12th last year you know shout out stan bowman for uh for that pick for for the seth jones trade but wonderful trade kind of, oh, just so good every time i think about that trade i just get so happy inside <laughs> like but um yeah like you say it's what are you you know, Ken Johnson is kind of, I think, probably one of the high-risk, high-reward yep. type players. Cole Sillinger, I, I can't say enough about love how much him. I love Cole Sillinger and how good he is and how good he's going to be. Um, why not swing for the swing for the fences, you know? Yeah, re- replicate that formula again. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier on, you know, um, in terms of what kind of player you are of, is NHL comparable? Is he, like, should we expect a kind of a, a Boone Jenner-type offensive output uh, from him, or...? Yeah, like, I could see this guy being a 25-goal, 25, 25 40-assist guy. I think you'd see him even touch 30 goals, possibly, if he really works out, because he's got a good shot. He's got a, uh, some good passing ability. He makes the players around him better. I think He's a really interesting player because a lot of time when you're talking about a safe player, you're not talking about a guy that can make guys around him better. And Yurov does that. And I think he's a pretty safe bet. So I, I think he's a guy that Boone Jenner, I look around the league and you, you see a lot of these guys that you you just go, oh man, he's still in the league. He's still producing. You look up and down his hockey DB or elite prospects page and you're like, wow, he's had like 12, 10 straight 50 point seasons or 10 straight 60 point seasons. And you're like, this is just a dude that is consistently good all the time. And I think you're all fits into that mold a lot. Yeah. Again, like I would not be mad about a 60 point guy, literally one. I would like more than one yeah. 60 point player on, uh, on this team. Oh, in fairness to Patrick Liner, he came super close and was also, uh, hurt a, injured bunch, yeah. a lot of the season. He had 56 points in 56 games. So, you know, I feel bad for, for being like, <laughs> we only had one 60 point player. Cause if you prorate it, but, uh, that's, that is a whole other whole other conversation. Um, so we uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier on as well. Um, Blue Jackets picking at twelfth. Who should they pick? Who are they likely to pick? Because again, two very different questions with very it, different answers. I think it is two very different questions. Who should they pick? Uh, it, it's really going to depend on who's available at that time because. This, like we talked about, there's going to be so many guys that could be available. Like Matthew Savoy could be there. Brad Lambert could be there. I think 
Brad Lambert would be an awesome pick there. I think Joachim Kamel comes into play there. Uh, a guy like even Noah Ausland or uh, Liam Ogren, the uh, two Swedes from, uh, or even Jonathan Lekaramaki, the Jurgarden trio. Any of those guys would be a really, really nice pick there too. I think it all depends on what they do with their first pick. If they go a little safer with the first pick, go with the Brad Lambert with the second pick. If they go a little, little less safe or a little less safe with their first pick, take take a bit more of a risk and take Matthew Savoy, for instance. Then you go with a guy like Jonathan Lekaramaki or, or Joachim Kumel or even Danilo Yurov, who you're like. We kind of know what this guy's going to be at the NHL level. We're very confident that he's going to play in our top six or middle six, and he's going to be a functional player. So I think it's find the spot that you like, take the risk with the one pick, whichever one you feel more comfortable taking the risk with, and the other one you go the safe pick. So Brad Lambert, Joachim Kamel, uh, Matthew Savoy, Danilo Yurov, like it doesn't matter. Like you go with some combination of high skill and, and then assuredness, and I think the, the Blue Jackets are going to come out of this draft uh, pretty confidently the way you and I felt after last year's draft when they came away with Johnson and Cylinder. Yeah, if we, I don't think we're going to get another duo like Johnson and Cylinder oh. necessarily, but if we if we come away with a, a duo, like a, a two players like that, I think, give it give it two years, I think the Blue Jackets are going to be an extremely fun team. To, I don't know if they're going to be good, but they're going to be very, very fun. Um so I want to I want to kind of finish off by by talking about like the the draft as a as a whole. I think obviously Cole Sillinger was the only player from last year's first round or in last year's draft I think to play the entire NHL season. Obviously Eklund got set his nine games before they sent him back to Sweden. Uh, Mason McTavish from Anaheim got his nine games as well. What do you think the chances are of anyone beyond? I assume. Shane Wright playing in the NHL next season. I, I think there's two names that come to mind. And, and the one is uh, David Juracek, the defenseman. Uh, the kid has the physical traits. He's got the skating ability. I think he can come over to the NHL next year and play on a second or third pairing and be pretty functional and be a good player. And the other guy is Juraslavkovsky, who won the Olympics for uh, MVP, had a really nice performance at the World Championships. And, and he's just kind of done everything on the world stage. And he, he's a guy that's improved. Every single game, it seems like, in the Liga, uh, the Finnish top league. So you look at those two guys, and I think both of them have the physical traits to do it. Both of them have the the skill to do it. And I think any team that they go into, they're going to go into a situation the way Cole Sillinger did, where they're going to go, hey, you don't need to be the guy here. Like We know you're not the first overall pick. We're not going to ask you to come in and be Austin Matthews. We're not going to come out and ask you to be uh, Connor McDavid. Or in, and obviously, those two are special talents. But we're not going to ask you to come in and even be Ryan Nugent Hopkins right away, the way the Oilers did. We're going to ask you to come in and be functional, be a, a capable member of this team and, and earn your spot. And if you earn your spot, then we're going to keep it for the year. And I think those are two guys that I think could go uh, and do that. And if we're going to get a little little crazier and a little bit more uh, down the board and who could be the Cole Cylinder who goes outside the top 10 and sticks, I think Yurov is a guy that could do that. I think Yurov is a guy that he has the pro kind of capabilities. And I think it would look really interesting to see him at the NHL level next year in kind of a third, fourth line role and just getting acclimated to the game because we saw him play in the fourth line in the KHL and he got two or three minutes a night. At the NHL level, he's going to get at least 10 or 12 in that role. So it'll be a step up for him in terms of playing time and a step up for him in terms of competition. And it'll be interesting because I think there's a few guys in this draft that you're like, I could see him in the NHL in a depth role next year and and Europe is definitely one of them. Yeah, for sure. So I want to I wanna finish this episode. Um, I've been doing season reviews for the Blue Jackets players this season. Uh, tomorrow's episode is going to be Cole Sillinger. So I thought we could do a little bit of a 
like a precursor or a prequel to that um, and, and get get an expert opinion. Cole Sillinger, what, what grade would you give him for this season uh, and why? I'd give him an A. Uh, like the only thing given, like preventing him from the A plus is the fact that he wasn't competing for the Calder and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like this was an 18 year old kid who came in, wasn't expected to make the lineup, played an important role for this team put up pretty decent numbers for a guy that again, wasn't expected to make the team. Like, I don't think he was a guy that anyone was like, Oh, like he was kind of the year of, right. Everyone was like, Oh, like if you want to go with a depth guy that could make the draft or like a, a, a guy deeper from the top end that can make the NHL, like Cole Cylinder kind of fits, but like he might score 15 points next year. And he, he more than doubled that. He was a guy that I thought was really impressive every time I watched him play. And the one area that I, I the, that really kind of solidifies the A for me is, he didn't look out of place defensively. He didn't look out of place in transition, which were two areas I was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to get that right away in the NHL. I think his offensive game is there. And to be honest, it feels horrible to say, but his offensive game was the part that was underwhelming. And I don't, I don't mean that in any actual sense that it was underwhelming. I just, I was like, okay, like he's a contributor offensively, but he's an actual good player in all three zones. Like he's doing a lot of things well. And he came in and played a pro game. Like this is a guy that, I don't know if anyone was really kind of looking at it as a two-way center in any real sense of the word, but after last year, I'm like, this is a guy that I think could be a legit two-way center in a top six and be a real contributor and pair him with Kent Johnson next year, as you and I have been pumping for, I don't know how long now. And like, you're going to get a, a 40 goal season out of this kid in the next few years. God, I, I can't wait. Yeah. I have been banging the, um, I just, re- because I've been doing it, I've been going in Jersey order. Um, yeah. So I just recently did all of Bjorkstrand's, season review and i spent maybe maybe a third of the episode being like i want kent johnson cole cylinder and oliver bjorkstrand as a line and here is why and i figure if i say this in enough episodes eventually brad larson will give me what i want yeah Um, i mean just just will it into the universe right yeah just manifest it like if the content boys over at locks on sharks can can manifest eckland like i can i can have this let me have this one thing um but yeah cole cylinder he's just He's going to be so good. He's our boy. I'm, just, I'm so excited for, for Cole Solinger's future. Yeah, he thoroughly impressed me every time I watched the Blue Jackets, whether it was against the team. I, I, I watch a lot of Leafs games. I watch a lot of the Wings games. Um, whether it's either of those two teams or anyone else in the league that I happen to catch a game of, I was always like, oh, man, Cole Sillinger is just so impressive. Like, I remember at one point this year, I'm like, we're not I, we're not going to talk about him in the Calder conversation because of what other guys are doing, but – Cole Sillinger is having maybe the most steady rookie year of anybody. I thought like him and Mort Sider were the guys that I, whether I watched him in October or I watched him in March, I was like, no, this is a guy that's like still playing the same level. Yeah, it was a very Blue Jackets rookie season, I think. Um, yeah. No one really paid a lot of attention and he was quietly very good, but was not, you know, Trevor Zegrising it up and doing Michigan's all over the place or, you know, doing what Mario Sider was doing, which was being Being the number one defenseman on one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Like, so just, just unfortunate timing for Sillinger because he got the, he gets the Calder in my heart, I think. Yeah. Um, I look at him and I go, I look at Sillinger and I'm like, if he's, if he's having his rookie season next year, I think he's competing for the Calder. Like, I think that's a, a guy that at 19 or 20, if he's a rookie, like some of these other guys, or, you know, I mean, give him the Michael Bunting treatment and let him be a rookie at 45. Like, he's going to win the Calder. Like, this is a guy that could have competed, but they put him in the NHL earlier and they went, you're a, you're already an NHL player and you don't need to necessarily be a star, but you're going to get there. 
Yeah, he's like the fifth youngest player to score a hat trick in his rookie season. Or yeah, something crazy like that. But um, we can't talk for the next forty-five minutes about Cole Sillinger, Unfortunately, I would love as much to. As we'd love to. <laughs> I'm going to do like a nine hundred part series on why Cole Sillinger is the best and why more people should be talking about him. But yeah, uh, yeah thanks for. Thank you for coming to talk about Prospect. I always appreciate it. Like I said, it's always so nice to have someone who knows much more than I do about this kind of thing. Um, so if people who want to, you know, catch up on Prospect stuff or, you know, check out your work, where can, uh, where can they find you and your Prospect stuff? Well, you can find me on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. Uh, all my work's on the hockey news. Uh, I have my rankings coming out actually in collaboration with the Wing Wheel podcast. It's Detroit Red Wing centric podcast, but they kind of cover everything. And my, my rankings will be fully out there with a deep, long write-ups on almost every player. And it's going to be pretty interesting because it'll be a, a top 100 with some honorable mentions and everything like that, which will be coming out next week, late next week, I think. So, uh, Keep an eye out for that. I'll be tweeting all that stuff out and everything. The easiest way to find stuff is go to my Twitter page. I'll tweet something out. Awesome. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, Next week, so Monday, we will be doing Cole Sillinger's season review. We'll also have a couple more prospect profiles coming for you next week as the draft just keeps on getting closer and closer. Um, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Tony over at the Tony Ferrari. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.